Welcome to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Hi, Grace. Thanks for coming on to Megan's Bookish Life podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So today we're doing a reading roundup episode. When you said you wanted to do it, I was like, heck yeah, Grace, come on in. So we're talking about books, which obviously we both love. Love. So we'll just dive right in because I actually asked you some preview questions. Yes. And I have questions about your questions. and I love this. All right. You said your favorite genre was romanticy, which is I'm obsessed with that word. I never heard it like that. So obviously romance fantasy. Can you tell me why it's like your go to genre? Is it new? Is it tell me everything about it? OK, well, I read like a very wide variety, but I always find that my favorites are always romanticy. And I also like only just learned that word recently after I had already read a lot of my favorite romanticy series. And then when I heard that word, I was like, oh my God, this is so perfect. It's exactly because I always say that I always need romance in my fantasy. Well, pretty much I want romance in anything I read. I'm a huge romance fan, but um, I'm very very basic and then I absolutely am obsessed with Akatar, and so that's obviously romanticy and from blood and ash and yeah there's something about it I just love it I literally put on my little like ask grace questions I said are you into Akatar? <laughs> so is, is it is it like the fairy thing do you need pointy ears to enjoy it no absolutely not it can be any creature I don't even know what it is. So I loved Harry Potter, obsessed with Harry Potter, still am. But then as an adult reading, I kept hearing about A Court of Thorns and Roses, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I was like, that sounds really weird. This was like five years ago. So it was before it was really popular. And so it sounded even just, it sounded very odd. But I kept hearing about it. I'm saying it sounded odd because I wasn't reading any other fantasy at that point. But finally I gave it a try. And then that just hooked me into now loving fantasy. That was my gateway into romanticy. And so I guess I always say I really read to like escape. When I try to read classics, I find them boring. I'm reading for fun escape. And so fantasy just really draws you in. I don't like like cheesy romance. And I feel like in romanticy, it's often kind of like slow burn, enemies to lovers, angsty tension. And I love that. It's the kind of thing where I don't want to be like 12 years old. Like if you're forced to read, you don't like it, but... Yeah, no, 100%. I even still am like that sometimes with like a book club book, even if I'm like all for it. If you tell me I have to read this by like next week, I don't want to. Um, I, I still do. But yeah, I definitely relate to that. Even I've been like a huge reader my whole life, but I would be like spark noting, you know, my high school books. It's just something about an assigned reading in school books. And I went to law school. So there was a lot of reading there. So I definitely relate with that I gotta have my full choice and it just be for fun you went to law school yes I'm an attorney okay so we're gonna shout out Natalie for this podcast real quick so she <laughs> told me I should I should have an episode where like I have like rovers or from the Red Rover book club or like people in general tell me like what they do for living I'm shook by whenever I hear people have jobs <laughs> yeah I know and it's funny because I feel like It's almost like I like purposely like never tell people because I feel like when I tell people then I sound like a boring 
person or like which is crazy because a lot of attorneys are like you know proud of it and like to mention it and I'm not saying I'm not proud but I feel like it almost doesn't fit my persona of just like I love romance books and I love to read so then I when I do get to know someone and I like pop that on them after a while they're normally shocked (laughs) yeah that's me right now I think that's great that you have things that you love to do that you're not ashamed of you know what I mean yeah for sure can I ask you were you a Twilight fan? I was. <laughs> I was. Okay. Yes. Is that is that romanticy? Please tell me it is, because I'm I'm obsessed with yeah. Twilight. Yeah. You know what it is? It's so funny. I have a distinct memory of I was reading Twilight in high school, like as it was coming out, and I distinctly remember one of my best friends at the time like making fun of me, like, you're reading a vampire book? And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I was in college when the movies came out. Now I love to watch the movies on TV, like just, you know, if they're on, I feel like I've seen them a million times, but I distinctly remember going to see the first one and being livid because I thought it was horrible and the books were so much better. I've come to just accept them now, but I distinctly remember like hating it the first time I saw it. Okay. So I was in high school when I think I'm trying to think the first movie was going to come out. And then I read the book beforehand because I was like, it's all over Barnes and Noble. I'm going to buy it. So I bought it. I binged it. I don't know what I did for that whole day. Did I go to school? Probably. But I binged it. And I was too young to do the whole like, I love the movie better than the book. So I'm obsessed with the book. And then I was obsessed with the movie. And then I was obsessed with Robert Pattinson. And then now as an adult, I'm obsessed with Kristen Stewart. So it just all comes around. You know what I mean? It all comes around. So, yeah, I love that I now am a part of the Romance Fantasy Club. Thank you. Yeah, you're in it. You didn't even know it. You were already in it. I did read Akatar two months ago for the first time ever. So, Court of Thorn and Roses is a book by Sarah J. Moss. I didn't know what I was getting myself into because everyone read it and I did not. So, I was like, I don't. I don't like the whole, like, creature thing. And then I read it and I was like, you know what? I love it. Okay, I read, like, the second book. I don't know, like, one third through. I'm a person who's a standalone person. So if Akatar ended the first book, I would have loved it. Now it's just going. No, it gets so much better. Book two and three are where it's at. And then five, Silver Flames. You need to keep going. I heard that. And I don't want to, I don't want to admit it, but I heard that, that it gets better. And I'm like, but a standalone is nice. And then that's just me. I read Shadow and Bone and I read all three of them and I loved them. And I was like, now I put that in perspective where I'm like, series are fine if I enjoy them. And I enjoyed Akatar, I should keep going. Yes, you need to keep going. It's like a person part of my personality. I have a shirt. I have, like, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I bought Blood and Honey. Do you do you remember that? Serpent and Dove was the first book. I was obsessed. I went to work um, thinking about it. And then I came home and read more of it and finished it. That was, I don't know, like two years ago. And I bought Pants with a quote from serpent and dove why i don't know but they are still the best pants and there's there's sweatpants and they're the best sweatpants i've ever had and i was like bookish merch we love it yes i love bookish merch okay so i have never read the kingdom of wicked series (laughs) yes so what you said you loved right this is my life right now the third book came out yesterday and the final the final conclusion it's a trilogy Yes, this is another romantic series, of course. Um, this one has no fairies. It's got witches, demons, princes of hell, werewolves. 
but it's also it's unique because the first book it is set in Sicily so it's like all of that mixed with Italian vibe there's like a family Italian restaurant and cannoli and so it's just like amazing it's funny the whole reason why I started reading it I read it about a year ago right when the second book came out I literally read it just because I'm like obsessed with the cover on the second book. It's just beautiful. It's a skull and flowers and light blue. And I've just weirdly have always really liked skulls. So I saw that book and I was like, I need to own this book for my bookshelf. And so I bought the second book first, but then obviously read the first book first and then fell in love with it. And so the third book, like I said, just came out. So this past like week, I reread book one and book two, and then I'm in the middle of the third book right now, and I'm absolutely loving it. Is it YA? Is it an adult? So the first one is YA. But then I feel like there's such weird marketing these days. The second book and the third, like each book ramps up in spice. And the author even says that like the second and the third book are NA, new adult. So Like the second and third book are definitely, they've got some spice. They've got some steam, which I love. I feel like it's all still kind of marketed as YA because that first book, but people shouldn't be put off by that because it's still got some great spice and tension and romance. She writes, oh, what's the author again? Carrie? Carrie Maniscalco. That said, uh, she writes the Stalking Jack the Ripper series, right? Yes, that's her only other one. And I haven't read them yet, but I definitely want to. I did not like them. Well, okay, I liked them. I didn't want to read them again, like, yeah. kind of thing. And I only, I think I read the first one, and there's there's a couple of them. But, so that's why I was like, should I read the Kingdom of the Wicked series? But everyone I've seen on Bookstagram loves it. Yeah, it's really good. And I just had a huge fangirl moment that I'll tell you about. So yesterday, I actually, I attended, she had a live event that you could like pre-order the book through independent bookstores. And so I bought a ticket to that. So I've got my hard copy coming in the mail. Um, But I obviously already bought the Kindle edition as well. So then I got to watch last night her do a little live talk with um, Eamon from Book Talk, was like the host. And so last night she said in the talk that there was like a specific model from Pinterest that like was inspiration for like the main character. She said during the talk that she was going to post that picture on her Instagram stories after. And so I was like dying all night. I was watching, I was watching. She didn't post it, didn't post it. And Carrie is like, she's on social media, but she's not I feel like she's kind of like elite. She's not like replying to every comment. She's not reposting everything, right? She's kind of stepped back a little bit. So today she posted something different. And I commented and I was like, girl, I need to see that model picture. And she responded to me and said, I'm going to post it. And then she posted it. And so I feel like famous right now. So I love that because every time an author says something to me, I like cry a little bit in a good way. And then also, can I just, can I just say that I thought you were going to say you were the model? And I was like, <laughs> yes, honey. Oh, no, 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 no. No, this is a shirtless male model. This was for Okay, the okay. The that makes more sense. With like a tattoo on the shoulder. So, yeah, no, I was like antsy to see this inspiration for the love interest, the, bo- the man. Okay, so good thing. Maybe I should go on and see him. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. Harry Menescalco's story. So can I keep talking about the plot? You said it was like in Sicily, blah, blah, blah. I'm a plot person. I'm not a character driven person. Is it something where it's both? Is it plot driven, character driven? I want to know about it. I feel like I'm very bad at like identifying whether something is 
plot driven or character driven? No, I would say it's definitely plot driven. It's a, there's a crazy plot and I'm struggling because I don't want to like give away anything. And it's, it's very, I'm having a hard time thinking of how to describe it without being spoilers. Cause it's just like the whole thing is a wild ride. Okay. Well, no, I can set up the basic premise. It's about a witch who has a twin sister that she finds dead at the very beginning. And so it's essentially a murder mystery of her trying to solve her sister's death. Who's the murderer? There's like curses at play, demons. She found out that her sister was like summoning demons. So there's like a bunch of crazy stuff going on and she's trying to figure out what the heck. She's kind of lived like a sheltered life. Her little Nona, her Nona Maria, her grandma raised them to like not dabble with you know, be very wary of their magic. And she didn't really like encourage really becoming powerful and stuff like that. And then she learns after her sister's death, her sister knew a lot more like secrets and that she ever knew. So. Okay. To be honest, I kind of want to read it like right now. Please do. That was a good one. So we'll put this in the link in the bio. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Can I also tell you, I have never read an Agatha Christie book. Yeah, I hadn't either until last year. And so here's my little story for that. So last year, randomly, like, I don't know, in a Barnes and Noble email that I got, because I get like 50 book emails a day, right? I saw a book, you know, a little advertisement for an upcoming book, not an Agatha Christie, but The Mystery of Mrs. Christie um, is, you know, historical fiction based on Agatha Christie's real life disappearance and I thought that book sounded really good but I was like but I don't know anything about Agatha Christie well I I read and then there were none in high school but I have like no memory of it besides the fact that I read it and so I told myself I'm gonna be a nerd and have a little Agatha Christie unit and I'm going to read a couple Agatha Christie's before I read that book And then it has just really spiraled. I read like nine Agathas last year. And then I read that one book, The Mystery of Mrs. Christie, which I did not like. But then I also read The Christie Affair, which was another historical fiction new last year, also about the disappearance, but a different take. And I loved that one. So yeah, now I like to consider myself a big fan. I'm reading Agatha Christie's The Halloween Party later for October. I've saved that for Halloween. You know, they're murder mysteries. And I feel like they're great for people who, I don't know, I don't want to say like, you know, who who have interest in like classic literature and like want to read some classics, but maybe regular quote unquote classics like bore you to tears like they do me. Try Agatha Christie because like hers are fun, but I still feel like, you know, I'm culturing myself. I don't know if that's a word, but expanding my reading horizons. Okay, have you seen their, her movies? Like, not her movies, but the movies like the, the Murder on the Orient Express. Like, did you did you like her movies? So I, I had already seen Murder on the Orient Express, but then I watched again after I read it. And I saw the new Death on the Nile. And I have watched, um, I watched a mini series and then there were none after I had read that. So I think those are the only three that I've seen. And yeah, I've liked them all. Um, you know, there definitely, there's always differences from the book, but they didn't really bother me. I I enjoyed all of those movies. I also want to go back to that I know nothing of Agatha Christie, and she what? She disappeared? Yeah, it's like such a wild story. So she, in real life, was missing 
for like, I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks. And this was like a big deal in England because she was a brand new author at the time, but like had gained notoriety. And so this was like on the front page of the papers, like missing mystery author. And it was right after she learned that her husband wanted to leave her and had a mistress. And she was found like two weeks later, checked in at like a spa under the name of the mistress. And she said she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't remember. She doesn't know how she got there. And in her whole, the rest of her life, she lived a very long life after that. She like never talked about it. She's written autobiographies. I haven't read it, but apparently like she doesn't, she doesn't address it. Like she never addressed it. And so it's a huge mystery that I just find like wildly fascinating. My mouth is open and I'm shook. That is so weird. I know. It's wild. I'm going to look more into that one. So even though we're talking about Agatha Christie kind of movies, are are you a fan of TV or movie adaptions of your favorite books? Let me go first on that one, because when I saw Normal People, I saw, I think, two episodes. I love the audiobook of Normal People. People hated it. But I love Normal People. I saw the first two episodes on Hulu, I think, and I did not like it because it was quote by quote. Like, the whole thing was the book. And, like, I know I can see people now, but I did not like that. And then where the crawdads sang, I saw that. I liked the book better because, obviously, you can't fit everything in a movie. What are your opinions on something like that? I just watched crawdads, like, two weekends ago, too. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoy watching them. I mean, I stand by the book is always better. It's pretty much always the book is always better, but I still enjoy watching the adaptations. And a lot of times I like them a lot. Like I liked the Crawdad movie a lot. I think the book was better, but I still fully enjoyed the movie. Someone just asked recently, um, or I don't know, some Instagram, you know, some question somewhere, like what's the best movie adaptation? And I like thought about it for a really long time. And I said, my answer for that was Hunger Games. I really loved the Hunger, and I loved the books and I read the books first but I also love the movies. I love watching them and I'm super open to loving them, but in general, book is always better. That could be like an end of like an essay, like the book was better and that was <laughs> yeah. it. I love that. So we're going to get into your recent readings because this is a reading roundup and I should probably ask those questions. So what have you re- read recently and give me your honest thoughts. It, it does. It can be one book, it can be two books. Like, whatever you read recently, tell me about them. Okay, well, I've got two things prepared here. So first of all, I just read through, bringing it back to Sarah J. Mass, I read through the Throne of Glass series for the first time. And that took me like, well, it was a very different experience than normal because normally I'm a binger. And so if I was just on my own reading that, I probably would have flew through it. I don't know. It's, it is very, very long. So maybe a couple weeks, but I read it with like a big buddy read group. And so I had to stick on pace. And so I spent like three months reading the series and that was the first time I'd ever done that. And I actually loved it. And so overall Throne a glass series, I really liked it. It's um, Sarah G. Mass's first series. It's like seven books. It's some chonkers. It's a great fantasy it has romance, but that's definitely not the focus, like Akatar. And so Akatar, I still think was way better. Well, not way better. I just liked it a lot more. But it was interesting because a lot of people in my buddy read group, we had a little Zoom at the end to discuss. And a lot of them liked Throne of Glass better. So if you are a fantasy fan, I would definitely recommend Throne of Glass. 
So that was, I mean, just an epic journey of a lot of wars and couples and creatures and magic. So I feel like I was on like a three month long epic journey. Something else that I recently read, which is completely different from anything I've talked about today, was the graphic novel Pumpkinheads. And I had just been seeing this on Instagram everywhere, this cute little Pumpkinhead cover. And so it was available for my library. I checked it out and I read it in like an hour. And it is just the cutest. I think that's, it is. It's YA as well. Jeez, I actually don't like, I don't primarily read YA, but it just happens that that's a lot of what I had to talk about today. I guess I really like it. I think I wrote in my Instagram caption, it's a fall lover's dream. It's just an adorable little story of two high school seniors who work at a pumpkin patch where there's, you know, like a pumpkin patch, a corn maze, a hot food stand. And so it's just like an adorable little one night adventure at like a fall activity place. And so I normally don't read graphic novels, but I've just recently read a couple and they're fun. You know, I have a third grade son and he's obsessed with graphic novels. And so I think so many people think of it as kind of like a kid thing or they think just like, you know, manga, which I've never read. I encourage anyone to give it a try, like a short read and just so different from my normal reading life. It was just so fun. It was Rainbow Rowell. Yeah, Rowell. Rowell. I don't know how you say it. That's awesome. I read. I'm going to tell everyone my secret. So I read the after graphic novel, you know, the movie after and the books after, and they had a graphic novel come out. It was the most boring thing I've ever read in my life. And I love the books. So any graphic novel that isn't after would be amazing. So I'm going to read Pumpkinheads. Thank you. Well, speaking of um, what I read was, I don't know if you read this one. I think you did, but we're going to, we're going to say it. So I just finally read Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Yes. So what happened was I didn't read it when the Red Rovers read it, I think in July, maybe. I didn't read it because I didn't go to that meeting. And then I read it recently when I had COVID. I read it in less than like a couple hours, obviously. It's not thick. A couple hours. And my heart and my, I I cried and I'm not a crier. And then there were happy tears. And so at the end, I was like, oh, what is this wetness in my eye? And I was like, oh, that's a tear. That's strange. Um, My heart like hurt. And then it was happy. And then I loved it. Five out of five stars. Exactly the same. I also gave it five out of five stars. I read it in like one night. I think I might have bought, it might have even been my birthday. I don't know. That doesn't matter. I bought it one day, a weeknight, and I started. And then I stayed up to like 2 a.m. being like, what am I doing? I have to work tomorrow. Sobbing. I'm not an often crier, but I have a few good book sobs, maybe three a year, four a year. So I wasn't a stranger to it. So yeah, I loved it. That was just, that was my favorite book of the summer this year. Definitely. Well, someone told me it gave them the summer I turned pretty vibes. And I, I think it's just a summer in general. I don't think it's very a summer I turned pretty. So everyone who's, who like thinks the summer and summer thing, like in the title is going to be connected. It's not every summer after is an adult, and then uh, some return parties YA, which is completely a different book anyways. But everyone was comparing it, like not comparing it, but they're like grouping it together saying it's, it's an amazing summer trilogy or books or whatever. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Every summer after is better, but that's my opinion. I agree. I didn't, I, I have read Summer I Turn Pretty and I, I didn't love it. I didn't continue on with the series. 
it's funny because I've been saying all episode how much I'm loving all these YA books, but Summer Turned Pretty, I found, if this is possible, like almost too YA for me. I mean, it's definitely a younger reading audience and I found it was too young for me. I couldn't, I wasn't a huge fan. I guess. So I talked about it in a podcast. Oh, with Gwen. So anyways, we talked about Summer I Turned Pretty and I just thought, she was like, well, she's 15. I was like, when I was 15, I was a lot more mature. And it's pretty bad saying that because I was barely mature enough. The Summer I Turned Pretty was too young for me, too. I have both the new books, um, the ones after, but I, I don't think I want to read that. Every Summer After is 100% different. It's 100% better because um, we're adults and we understand that. But I have to also bring up another one I read, which was a memoir. It's the I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Um- in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of listening to it. Or listening. Okay, so I read it. What happened was I wanted a hardcover because I'm audiobooks are like, eh. With me, it depends what mood I'm in. I ordered it from Amazon and it was like, it's going to take two months to ship because we are out of stock. And then a week later, I get an Amazon package and it has the book in it. Oh my and gosh, like, that's awesome. I know. I was like, how did that happen? I don't know. So I read it. I'm not going to give spoilers, but I did read it. And a lot of people don't rate memoirs and, like, autobiographies and stuff. I don't either, except if it's, like, a very, very, very well-known one. I wrote a memoir one time. Someone rated three star. That's my life. And that hurt. You know what I mean? So I don't rate memoirs enough, but, like, Jeanette McCurdy probably is getting five stars everywhere. I didn't think it was a five star. But it's her life, and she does write very well. I can't wait to see what you think. That That was my recent reading of that one. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Wait, did you say you've written a memoir? Yes. That's awesome. I didn't know you were an author. Yeah, so I have two books. Um, One of them I took off Amazon recently. I've grown as a writer, and the more I read my first book, I was like, this is not who I am. Like, it's the same exact story. My life hasn't changed in the past. But the writing, I could definitely improve. So I'm, I'm semi-writing that again-ish. It might be back on Amazon soon. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm busy. It's an intense memoir. Um, and then the second book is, the first book is about me. The second book is about everybody else. And I write nonfiction, so. Ooh, exciting. I'll have to check them out. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. But yeah, I am also, I'm moving slow during, I'm glad my mom died. Because I also don't love audiobooks. <laughs> well, I like them, but I only listen to them when I'm driving. And recently that hasn't been a lot. But I also, I was like a hundredth in line in my library. And I'm very, like, random when I decide to be cheap and not. And for some reason, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to buy this, even though I randomly buy books all the time. So I used one of my mom's Audible credits and got it because that was my only way to (laughs) freely access it quick. So, yeah, I'm kind of slowly making my way through that one on my drives to and from work, which aren't very long. So So I get mine from Libby. Um, which is the free, obviously, library app. And so they have a return date. And if I'm not feeling it for a week and then I return it, like, I can't get it back, is it worth it buying it? Because I've never bought an audiobook. I would never buy an audiobook. I just use my mom's Audible credit. She has Audible and, like, doesn't like audiobooks. She actually is canceling, so I'll ha- I'll lose my access to that because I used all of her credits. But I also use Libby. Yeah, see, so sometimes I have to drive, like, an hour and a half for courts in a different city and so when I'm doing that often I love it I love an audiobook on my drive but if I'm not driving 
I can't pay attention. I've got like kids at home. If I listen to it at night, I just fall asleep. So it's really only a driving thing for me. And I love it when I drive. I just haven't been making that long drive a lot recently. I have multiple times like checked out a Libby book and gotten through like half of it on my long drive, but then I'm dying to see how it ends. And then I end up just like, you know, buying the regular book so I can finish it. I very often have like both going a physical and the audio of the same book. If it's one I like love, um, because I don't listen enough, but I need to, I need to keep going in my book. So sometimes then I'll just switch to an ebook. I did that with normal people because I love the audio, obsessed with the audio. And then the book, I was like, not great. And like, it's just, which is weird because it's the same exact thing. But I switched between the book and then the audio book. And it, it just got infinitely better doing that. So that's the only time I've done that, though. I will shout out Kingdom of the Wicked back, circling back. Why did I start that on audio? I randomly started that on audio. And it was great because it really set the vibe because it's like an Italian accented narrator. So she was saying the words all, you know, Italian-y. <laughs> so that helps me like love it. But then I switch. I must have only listened to like one chunk of that. And then I switched to reading it the whole time because I couldn't wait for another drive. I had to immediately like keep reading it. Okay. So I know we talked about the recent readings. Do you have any like all time favorite books like or a book that you can give someone if they're like I want to read if someone goes up to you and says name a book that you like tell me tell me the name what would it be mm, that's hard um I don't have a great answer right off the bat honestly okay. my mind just goes to Akatar that's how obsessed I am um Akatar yeah Akatar could be well, totally the answer hold please because I'm an extreme book nerd and I have a top 10 list of all time on my Goodreads that I've got pulled up right here so I can quickly find one on that list that I'm not thinking of right now. Okay. Okay. Yep. House in the Cerulean Sea. I love that. Have you read that one? I have not. That is just standalone, whimsical. It has fantasy elements, but I mean, I think it's probably considered a fantasy. I mean, there's magical little creatures, but it's not like a high fantasy of wild worlds, if anything. I would describe that as just like wholesome, which is funny because that's normally not what I seek out in books. I would never like describe that as my reading taste at all. But that book is just like a warm hug. I just fell in love with that book. I would recommend that to absolutely anyone. I can picture the cover. I've never, I've never known what it was about. So um, we'll check that one out one too. Well, I'll, I'll check that one out too, because I, your recommendations, you're talking me into everything. So thank you yes. so much, Grace. <laughs> yes. I love talking about books. I could talk about books for hours with anybody. So this is like my dream come true right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With Megan. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. Do you have any questions for me, which I, I ask and sometimes I get like, kicked in the butt about it but do you have any questions for me if not I'm okay with that too no well yeah so same question as the last one you just asked me what's your kind of all-time a, a go-to that you'd like her to recommend to anyone I, I think I probably said this multiple times in my whole entire life maybe in the podcast maybe in person I don't know um mine is uh the girl who used to know by Tracy Garvis Graves it is a romance but what Tracy does is she her tagline is like 
a contemporary romance with a happily ever after. So I'm a good happily ever after fan because it's not happening in my life. I want to read about it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it. Uh, I love that book. It's about a autistic girl and um which i can relate not for me but um a family member so mm-hmm. uh, just a girl falls in love with a um boy at college then it's their journey until adulthood and i obsessed with it obsessed and so i have the hardcover american uh, version i have the soft like the paperback american version i have the paperback uh uk version yeah. um i'm obsessed with it that's awesome. I love that. I've never heard of it. What What's the title again? I'm going to have to check it out. The Girl He Used to Know. And okay. then it's by Tracy Garvis Graves. Every Tracy Garvis Graves book is like, it ends in a happy way. And I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm a fan of that too. So what is your favorite genre to read? Okay, so with this question, as I point my finger in the air, um, <laughs> when I first started reading in like a couple years ago, not the first time ever, but I got into reading more in like 2020 and it was like a nonfiction love nonfiction read every nonfiction book I could and now I'm like nonfiction it's fine so I think I change with my personality a little bit maybe so right I'm gonna say right now right now I love a good romance so my friend Ashley I'm shouting her out because she will not listen to this she likes the romance with no plot all spice I cannot do that so she let me a book one time and I was like, there's no story. It's just her and him in a bed. And so <laughs> she, and she was like, I love that. And I'm like, that's not the romance I like. So the romance I like is a happily ever after. Like some spice is fine. Like I can totally do spice. Depends what kind of spice, if you know what I mean. But I do like a good plot with the romance. I can't be dirty on this podcast, but um, hers is pure, uh, pure spice and mine is not. So I like... Yeah. Happily Ever Afters. Yeah. I like a wide variety. So, again, I've read my whole life, but I feel like a couple years ago is when I really amped it up. Like, I'm reading, like, 100 books a year, and that's been for the past, I don't know, you know, like, five-ish years. And when I restarted again after emerging out of college and law school, I, like, I read, like, only romance for, like, two years, a year or two years um, of like, I was very into like the indie scene, following everyone on Facebook, and I'd be like in free books and arcs, and and I loved them. I absolutely love them. But um, recently, in the past couple years, I've like really ventured out into reading just like a ton of different genres. But I still like love me just a good old contemporary romance. I use those to you know break up some of other genres or heavier reads, a lot of times I just need me a good, quick, spicy romance for my in-between books. So my heart will always be with those contemporary romance books. Same. Well, Grace, thank you for coming on Megan's Bookish Life. You and I click, and I loved this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to Megan's Bookish Life, a podcast where literary meets lifestyle. Don't forget to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Megan's Bookish Life Podcast.